0: Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD, and I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. This podcast is part one of two from the audio of a presentation Lori made to couples in Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, fantasies often are trying to overcome inhibition. So we have certain inhibitions inside and we use fantasy to overcome them. So if it's the, I feel inhibited about owning my sexual desire, somebody being the initiator, you know, and somebody being really good at that, it relieves me of this part that is anxious about what I own on the inside. I mean, all kinds of fantasies, that's that's the thing, when you analyze fantasies, I mean, obviously, I'm sitting in a chair, and I don't have to go home with that person, but, I mean, I know that there are reasons below the fantasy that it serves them in an important way. And so I try to help them understand that and help their partner understand that, because oftentimes the fantasy can be alarming, it can be scary, it can, is this person going to act out? They're thinking about someone else, oh my god, you know, but if we can learn what the fantasy means, sometimes we can be more understanding of our partner and then more incorporative of that in our life. Many times, fantasies are about replicating the new situation, I mean, all of us remember the new situation. The new person, the new time when we were together, the first time, the first season, The first year, all of that, you know, can be very exciting. You know, sometimes people dress up, right, when they're new with each other. Or they can pretend to be another. I mean, that's like, you know, the the nurse's outfit or the the French maid outfit. That fantasy is the fantasy of otherness. Uh, One of my favorite things to suggest to people is go rent a hotel room. Go take a long nap. You know, get up, dress up, take a long bath, meet each other downstairs for cocktails and appetizers, and pretend you don't know each other. With real curiosity, say, you know, who are you? What are you doing here? What's your life, what do you do for a living? What's your favorite thing? Like, pretend you really don't know them, and pick them up, and take them back to the hotel room. As a married couple, I'm talking about, truly with each other. (laughs) Not with another stranger. I'm talking about you go and you meet each other again and pretend you're new to each other. It's an exciting fantasy. A lot of people say it's great. You know, there's a lot of fantasies about introducing a third party. It is a fantasy, a favorite fantasy of many, many people. And again, as a therapist, you know, I'm committed to monogamy. So that's kind of my shtick, and so I want to help them find what they need from that experience in ways that maybe stay true to what they've promised each other. You know, and some people, they don't promise that to each other. Some people are in relationships that are differently organized, and I'm not judgmental about that, but by and large, I would say my clientele are people who want to be married only onto each other, and they do want an exciting life with each other. So, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you talk about that? And I think a a lot of that fantasy is, it it could mean different things, and it means different things for different people. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I fantasize about my partner being so turned on with this other person that I finally get to see their erotic self. Because I don't get to see it. They don't ever show me. So the fantasy about them being with somebody else who kind of looses the tiger That's a big turn-on for me. Or maybe it's like, you know, my partner can't take me, can't take my sexual desire. And so I imagine that I'm so needy that it would take two people to fill me up. You know, maybe it is about deeper childhood issues. You know, it's like, you know, my parents didn't have time with me, and now I'm in the middle of their bed. And they will have time for me. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what it means, and and I try not to be judgmental about it, and I try not to find things sick or awful, and I would encourage you as you talk with each other, you know, to be open to the fact that, in reality, fantasies signify something deeper. Okay, I'd like to start on Lecture 4, which is um, just kind of healing-specific sexual dysfunctions. And we're going to go through this relatively quickly, maybe get you out to dinner at a a better time frame, so that you can have those drinks and have that time together. Um, But I wanna talk about things that are so common and so easily fixed usually. And that way nobody has to identify, you know, I've got this one, I've got that one. And we can talk about a few of them that are the most common. So the biggest one for women, uh, the biggest problem after lack of desire is she's not having orgasms. And many, many women, can have orgasms by themselves, but they don't do it the real way. You know, they're not having it in sexual intercourse, so they kind of give up asking for what they need. And it turns out that the number one reason for a woman not having an orgasm is lack of stimulation. You know, just plain flat, she's not getting enough touch, and no woman could probably have an orgasm under those circumstances. If you can walk through this door, you can have an orgasm, if you're a woman. You walk through that door, you can be orgasmic. Anorgasmia means no orgasm, without orgasm. And and that means either she hasn't discovered how to do it herself, or with this partner, she can't do it because she can't tell him what she needs or he doesn't want to know what she needs. I mean, many of us feel like, it, we're in two different camps, one is If my partner tells me what they want, that means I'm not doing it right. And that means I'm bad, and I'm inadequate, and I'm a bad lover. Oh, my God. The other camp says, oh, I'm just dying to have my partner tell me what to do to them. I would love it if they would open up and talk. I would just, that would make my day because I really want to please them. But both camps have their problems, right? The one camp that's dying to know maybe they didn't listen to the whispers, maybe they did something inadvertently along the way that shut their partner down. Um, The other one who can't be told because to be told means to be criticized, that's a formula for disaster. Okay, so anorgasmia might mean I can by myself, but I can't with a partner. So I've been um, with a couple now who has not had sex for five years at all, and they are now fully sexual, they're having regular sex, you know, actually a couple times a week at least. And by and large she says, I actually like look forward to intimate time now. I mean, I, she came in and she was so shut down, she'd been sent by another therapist who said, good luck. And she said, you know, I'm not attracted to him, he just turns me off. You know, there's nothing about him that I find attractive. I don't wanna have sex, he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, he's been selfish for 15 years, he had it all his way. You know, ick. Eventually, we carved away some of that. Well, it turns out she was kind of sexual. You know, she had sexual thoughts. And the attraction piece was based on some hurt feelings that had happened that we kind of mended. And she is a little stuck on orgasm. So she can have orgasms by herself, which she never admitted before to him. I mean, fortunately, when he was Unfortunately, when he was young, he felt like her instruction of how to do it better was only criticism. And so he would say, I know how to do it. He's gotten way over that, way, way, way over that. And now he says, tell me. I'm wide open. I get it. I, didn't, I really didn't know what women needed. Okay, now I do know. Please tell me. And she's struggling. She's starting to tell him, both in terms of what she likes, manually and orally, Uh, she has not yet allowed herself to have an orgasm in his presence. She can by herself, but it's this sense of being out of control that is difficult for her. She's only had an orgasm once in her entire life with any partner, ever. She can by herself. So, we're working on that. I'm sure we'll get there. Anorgasmia may mean, I can with foreplay but not with sexual intercourse. Everybody got that one. Have I driven that home enough? So some of what I suggest is for her to be in control first because oftentimes women, they feel anxious about somebody watching them. So if she can be in control, all the better. Try using her hands while she's bathing. Lie in bed in a safe place. Always use a lubricant. If you're in a partnership, always use a lubricant. Best lubricant is coconut oil. I used to say Crisco and everybody like thought, oh, hydrogenated fat, that's gotta be terrible for you. So, nobody uses Crisco. But actually, coconut oil is very good. It doesn't trap bacteria. It melts on contact with, at body temperature. Smells good, tastes good. It's like you're at the beach. You know that free experience when you're at the beach? <laughs> you're using suntan lotion and you're on vacation. Like, that smell really works and you can switch from intercourse oral sex touching to oral sex without that medicinal feel we next time maybe we should bring we have people send us gobs of lubricant we have tons of lubricant another sort of manufactured kind that we prefer is silicone based because it's a thin lubricant that doesn't gum up and doesn't get dry and doesn't get absorbed by the body so it's really good too we have some people who would not use a food product to save their life on their body. So they're like, that's disgusting. What else can I use? And so we say, here's, you know, we have tons of them. We'll bring them a basketful for you to take. Um, use mirrors to examine yourself, figure it out. You know, one thing you wanna ask is, do you know where your clitoris is? Does your partner know where your, your clitoris is? Can your partner touch your clitoris reliably in the dark when you're unaroused. That's a real trick. It's hard because the firmest structure on a woman's vulva is her urethra. And you can stimulate the urethra all day long. You might give her a bladder infection. She might be really annoyed and it's not gonna get her sexually excited. But you know what? Who's responsible for that? I think as women we are responsible for that, that we have to show because once he orients with the map that he can see, he's more likely to get it right in the dark in an unaroused state so he knows where he is. One thing to get over lack of orgasm is sort of practice moaning out loud. And this sounds really crazy, but practice together. Okay, let's just pretend. Because one inhibition is losing control and being vocal. Also losing control and losing control of the face. Because many women squinch up their faces when they orgasm and they don't look ladylike and they're very anxious about that. And so they restrict their face and it restricts the pleasure of the orgasm. Um, you know, try progressively getting to the clitoris, maybe with you know, begin with circular touches and very intensity. So sometimes, you know, stronger, faster. Sometimes lighter, more um, friction than pressure. Use a vibrator. Somebody asked me, "What do I think about vibrators?" You know, I think vibrators make up for a lot of the things that are problematic with female arousal patterns. It's like if you don't have time for the 2020 solution, which is 40, 40, 45 minutes. 20 minutes can be eliminated by using a vibrator. You can use it before just to get yourself kind of started, or you can use it after you're started to get yourself up the mountain. You can use it during a quickie. You can be on top, use the vibrator, boom, both people have orgasms, done, fun, fun and done. 60% of all American women own vibrators. Many men are anxious about their partner owning a vibrator. And what are they anxious about? Again, I'm not doing it good enough. I think men are so burdened by this sense of, I'm going to be found out as inadequate and not a good lover. You know, so, so men tell me, you know, well, yeah, it's OK, but I, you know, why doesn't she want me to do it? And it's like, well, she may want that and a vibrator. She may want both. Maybe sometimes she doesn't have the energy for the slow pattern, and she wants the fast pattern. Um, Maybe it just makes it more fun for her. Maybe it's a more intense orgasm. Who knows? You know, hopefully you can just be wide open to whatever it is she wants that makes it good, that makes her want to do more of it, that makes it enjoyable. Um, So that's what I think about vibrators. And there's one. Which one do I recommend? People have asked me this. I recommend one by AccuVibe. And it's called AccuVibe. You get it on uh, Amazon. It comes in a brown paper wrapper. Nobody, your neighbors are not going to know. It doesn't particularly look like a dildo. It doesn't look like a sex toy. And so, you know, if you die and somebody is cleaning out your bedroom, nobody's <laughs> going to know what it is. You don't have to tell your girlfriend, come over and get the vibrators if I die so that nobody finds them when they're cleaning out the bedroom. Um, but that one's good. And can it actually has a longer vibration. So, if you are in a scientific field, you understand that kind of the the vibration wave on this particular device is is longer, the frequency is longer. So it it goes deeper into her pelvis and that is a better sensation, helps her get to orgasm quicker. Many couples say, oh, we tried that, a vibrator and it didn't work. Uh, Or they tried a dildo type of vibrator that they used internally and that's not where she climaxes. She didn't know that, he didn't know that. It didn't work but oftentimes the toys have a bit of a buzz because they're not as powerful and so they don't reach the deeper nerves of her clitoris and that's why it doesn't work so I always suggest using this one so hey everybody we have a favor to ask of you and we want to know you better we'd love to know a little bit about who's listening where you come from, what age you are, what gender you are. And so we have a link in the show notes, which is on foreplayrst.com. In the show notes, we're going to give you just a micro quiz, just a few questions. If you would answer that for us, it would be so helpful for us to get a better direction about who we're speaking to. And we know that not all of you will do this, but if you would, foreplayrst.com is where you go in the show notes, link there, and just Tell us a little bit about you. We would greatly appreciate that kind of feedback.
1: And we're so thankful for each one of you. This will give us a way just to continue to make the podcast better, to address some topics that you really want to address. Please do that for us. We'd be so grateful that you did that. Hey everybody, we are excited to tell you about our first ever marriage retreat coming up in the spring and we want you to be a part of it. This retreat is going to be a great way to get you started toward achieving your relationship goals, toward reconnecting you emotionally while also just restarting your sex life or deepening your sex life as well. It is called Love and Sex 360, April 5th through the 7th in Asheville, North Carolina.
0: Yeah, so if you haven't been to Asheville, there's ways that you can fly in close to us, or if you live locally, we would invite you to drive in. There's limited number of spots. I think we only have like room for 12, 10 12. 10 12 okay, yeah. so we need you to sign up early, and there's a link. Can you give the link?
1: Yeah, it's Love and Sex 360.com love and sex 360.com
0: and you're going to actually have not only lecture and time away together but there's packages that are offered luxury packages where we're going to arrange things like massages and champagne in your room or adventure packages where we'll direct you to different things that you can do the cool thing is is though you are going to have actual one-on-one time with a counselor so adam and i are going to be counseling every couple will get six hours of one-on-one counseling time and we have two of our Respected colleagues who are fabulous, Shelly Hummel and Carol Cullins. They are specially trained in Gottman and in EFT. They're fabulous. We respect their work. They will also be part of it, doing some of the teaching and some of the counseling. So please come and join us. It's in a beautiful hotel and we're gonna have fun. We're going to teach some important things and actually be with you personally. Again, sign up early.
1: There's also an early bird discount that'll get you $500 off and you can sign up on the website. Again, that website is loveandsex360.com. We look forward to seeing you in the spring.
0: Woo. Yeah, we're talking about orgasm. Everybody's getting hot. Did, we did that. We raised the temperature. That was awesome, guys. I did notice that. Okay. Technique, I really recommend tonight, if you feel that your relationship is at a safe enough point, after you've done this exercise, or maybe before you've done the sharing exercise, watch the website omgyes.com, o-m-g-y-e-s.com. I really think that in terms of technique for a woman, I've never had anybody yet come back and tell me I didn't learn something. Both women and men have said, I've learned something about myself, totally, and their partners are like, where's that been? Where's that resource been? That's great. Okay, female low libido. You know, in part, obviously, testosterone makes a woman's natural libido potentially lower than her male partner. But I go through a little acronym, oh please. So I ask her first, um, do you have orgasms? Because I know that orgasms feed desire. I ask her, does she experience any pain with sexual intercourse or touching? Pain is a problem, and Pain stops libido cold. So there's all kinds of reasons for pain. It could be a re-injury, it could be menopause, it could be she's just not aroused enough and she wants to make him happy, so she says, oh, go ahead anyway, but it hurts her. I mean, there's lots of reasons women have pain, and it's it's often complicated. Most of them are easy fixes. You know, 80% of them are easy to fix. 20% of them are difficult to fix, and we we specialize in pain problems, but they are usually fixable. So don't suffer. Get the information you need to get through the pain problem and, and figure out what it's about. Oh, please, the L is for how many times a week does she have positive sexual thoughts? If a woman tells me I have two sexual thoughts a month, we are good to go. I can help them bridge, usually into an adequate, heterosexual pattern, because I want her to initiate on those two times, right, and to learn receptive desire the rest of the time, so that she becomes open to it when he initiates, and she acts when she feels it, because that that would make people very happy. If your partner initiated twice a month, you had to initiate the other times a month, and seduction was good, oftentimes that's an adequate number of times. I also want to know how many times she thinks about it negatively. How much worry and nagging does she feel about it? Oh, God, you know, it's, gonna, it's been four days. He's going to want it tonight. You know, it's like if you know you're going to have sex because it's been four days anyway, is there any way you can turn the ship around and make it good for you? You know, okay, I'm going to have sex. Rather than the deflated, yeah, I guess so. I know, it's been, it's been so long. You know, you know you're going to do it. So go ahead and bring to it the self, you know, the love that is important, and get yourself what you need. Maybe it's like, maybe I'm up for, you know, a quickie. That's what I'm up for. You want a quickie tonight? And make it the way you want it to be. That can help. E O oh please, is for the emotional connection. And this is a gigantic breakdown for women. If her partner's got a temper, that, a temper can kill sexual desire in a heartbeat. I ask her, does she feel listened to and respected? Because that's better than saying, is your marriage good? Because a lot of people, the marriage does feel good, but that's all they expected. But do they feel connected? Do they feel listened to and respected? Maybe not. And that is the telling question. A is for affective problems. This is a fancy word to say, are you depressed and anxious? Are you taking medication because you're depressed and anxious? Antidepressants traditionally, like an SSRI, they lower desire and they reduce orgasm or they make it much harder to have an orgasm. So that can kill sexual desire. And S for oh please, it's like is the sex sexy? Is it worth having? Has it Have people become so anxious that they don't try anything new and pretty soon it's just this you know, tiny pattern here, and hardly anybody wants to do it. And then instead of the E on the end of O, oh, please, I check for frequency, because frequency sometimes tells me what they can't say otherwise. You know, I know that if they're saying they've had sex once a year, something's wrong. Look for part two of Lori's presentation on fantasy and relationship in a future foreplay episode. Thanks for listening. You can now call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.